got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here, and I am back. I'm so excited to be back. And today we are going to be talking about a ban potentially coming out of the European Union on certain cryptocurrency assets that use something called a proof of work consensus mechanism. Cryptocurrencies that use that mechanism would include Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, and a few others that you may be familiar with. They're actually meeting to discuss some drafts of a bill talking about potentially banning this type of consensus mechanism because of how much energy it uses. As you probably know, the European Union has been making big strides in the fight against climate change and this is another one of the areas that they are trying to crack down on as the as the narrative goes that bitcoin is bad for the environment which we've already debunked in a previous video it's not bad for the environment it does use a lot of energy but that doesn't mean that it has to be very carbon heavy but we're also going to be talking about inflation because february's inflation data has just come out at 7.9 percent that's even higher than what we saw reported in january that is annualized 7.9 percent some people are saying that this is as a result of the conflict in russia uh, in ukraine with Russia, but that, of course, would not have had an impact on inflation that quickly. Instead, inflation is so high as a result of all of the money printing that has gone on over the last two years. In this video, we're going to be talking about a potential ban on cryptocurrencies in the European Union. We're going to be talking about inflation, and we're going to be talking about a meeting that the Fed is having to potentially increase interest rates, hopefully to curtail inflation, but that could come with some major consequences to the price action of the stock market and the cryptocurrency markets, which we're going to be talking about today. I am joined, as always, by Tim, who absolutely killed it last week how you doing tim what's up everybody i oh, my voice is going to get a little bit of a rest this week it's uh <laughs> it's a fun job doing things like four videos a day it's you know I, jeb i definitely pass off it's been four years you've been doing like multiple videos yeah voice but i tell you what now like i'm gonna get some strength in these lungs from speaking mm -hmm. this frequently i didn't think i had a problem with it but last week exposed uh, weakness that It'll I need do to, it. I need to train lungs in the gym. It'll do it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to start screaming in all my lips. Ah! So, just scream. Yeah, just yeah. go to town. Just, you're at, you know, Gold's Gym. Just boom. Ah! There you go. That'll get you. It'll that'll get, get you. you where you, that's actually how I trained for it. I just, I just walked up to a mirror and I screamed for about three hours every day. Yeah, that's how I practiced. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. That was all of the failed attempts at recording the intro back when I used to do one takes on the videos. All the OG fans will remember that. I never edited any of the videos for two years. By the way, yes, I do have the ring on. I'll show you a little bit more later. But we're joined as never by definitely not high Zach, who is back. How are you doing, Zach? What's up, guys? How you doing? So Smee's not here, but I am filling in. I uh, hope you guys have a good stream, and I'm doing great. We both just got back from a trip. Where did you go? We did. I just came fresh off the plane from Thailand. So, yeah. yeah, that was a long trip, about probably 30, 35 plus hours in an airport. Never Jeez. want to do that. It's like a day and a half. So, guys, traveling is fun, but not that fun. That's rough. Yeah. So, Goodness yeah, Jeb, where'd you go? Yeah, I went to Tennessee. So, I, I had an eight-hour car drive one way. So, that wasn't as bad. I really enjoy road trips. It was actually part of my favorite part of the trip was the, the driving that just you might think is weird, but I just like road trips. But you spent 35 hours in an airport. What Did you have a bad layover in LAX or something? Like, what happened there? Yeah, so they delayed my flight at JFK. So I was there for, like, 
nine hours. JFK. JFK, uh, uh, New York. No, in New York. Why were you in JFK? That sounds like a really annoying route that you had to take. Man, I don't know. They just that sounds very painful. You know, I mean, I had uh, Jacksonville, JFK, JFK to uh, Qatar, and then Qatar to, you know, Bangkok. And then in Bangkok, I had to go all the way to Chiang Mai. So, oh. you know, it was, it was a fun time. Okay. A I lot see. of airports. A lot of, yeah. Tim and I got airports. stuck in an airport one time. We were in, uh, where were we in? Kentucky or Ohio? I couldn't remember. I, all I remember is when we were going to Colorado, we left at 1 o'clock in the morning, and we re- arrived at 1 o'clock yeah, in the morning. It was a 24-hour trip. We could have driven. We could have driven We could have driven there. We could have gotten there flying. in a car. That was ridiculous. So, that yeah. trip was painful. I vomited Oof. everywhere. That is a story for another day. But what we are going to do now is we're going to go ahead and take a look at CoinMarketCap. And look at what the market's been doing. Over the last seven days, Bitcoin is up 0.57%, as you probably saw on Friday's stream. Bitcoin's been a little boring. Hadn't been doing a whole lot. It's pretty much been trading sideways here between thirty-five dollars and $45,000 over the last month and a half. Pretty much the last two months, ever since early January, we've been just kind of sitting in a sideways channel here. But the good news is Bitcoin is setting the similar highs up here around 45, but it's also setting higher lows. So that's a little bit of macro analysis on Bitcoin. One of the major themes of this stream is that despite the fact that Bitcoin has been in a technical downtrend ever since November the 10th, despite the fact that there is massive FUD coming out about one of the largest conflicts on European soil that we have seen in nearly a century, despite the fact that the European Union is considering banning some of the most important cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Dogecoin because of their proof-of-work consensus mechanism, despite the fact that inflation is sitting at 7.9%, despite all of the FUD, Bitcoin is still holding above $35,000, and that's one of the main things we're going to be talking about today. But we're also going to be taking a look at how Bitcoin is up half a percent over the last 24 hours. Ethereum's up half a percent as well. USD coin up 0.02%. It's going on a run, guys. That might be a play for you right now. Binance coin down half a percent. Luna up 7%. Tim made a video on Luna. I did not have the pleasure of seeing it, but Tim, how is that prediction that you made in that video going? Well, uh, one thing I said, and I, I even added to the comments, I, it happens. You know, sometimes you're, you're trying to explain what's happening, and I said the wrong thing. There was bearish divergence on the four hourly chart i accidentally said bullish even though i showed ah, bearish. I've done that i have to times. apologize everybody but uh, my prediction was also for the next month and, it, and i i clarified this wasn't a firm prediction it was mo- more of like a projection i think someone even said in the comments that's more like a projection i completely agree there is depending on how you're looking at it either an inverse head and shoulders pattern or a cup and handle the cup and handle would take it up by point fifty percent and uh, if the inverse head and shoulders plays out that would 2x luna nothing is changing if anything the drop that it's had over the last couple of days is almost just it's either furthering that handle part of the cup or the right shoulder nothing's changed i still think luna's gonna have a big next month uh but Got to sit and wait. Got to wait and see. Absolutely. And we shall see. Right now, Cardano's sitting at 80 cents. Oh, my gosh. That's a great buying opportunity. For any of you guys who are looking to scoop up some Dono, it is sitting at 80 cents. What do you want? It went to $3.5. I interviewed the founder of Cardano, Charles Hoskinson, about a month ago. Go watch that. You will watch that interview. Then I also encourage you to go watch his interview with Dan from Crypto Capital Venture. I watched that interview. Phenomenal. Watch those two interviews, and you will never be able to not be in Cardano ever again because it's a phenomenal project, and you will be missing out if you don't have some. So it being up 1.5% over the last 24 hours is encouraging. Solana has not moved at all. Avalanche taking a big drop. It's <laughs> funny. The name's Avalanche is going down. That's that's hilarious. Anyway, Polkadot's also down 1.5%. All of the stable coins obviously being stable. Dogecoin sitting at 0.02%. We're actually going to be talking about the godfather of Dogecoin named Elon Musk a little bit later. He's got an opinion on what the European Union is doing and a few other things. We're going to, uh, we're going to be talking about that. So what we're going to go ahead and do now is we're going to jump into some Bitcoin technical analysis. Since I have been gone for a week, we're going to start start 
with some 30,000 foot perspective so that we can get an idea of what Bitcoin has been doing for the last year or so. And then we're going to zoom in and go into a little bit more detail on the shorter time frame. So let's go ahead and do it. By the way, if you haven't hit that like button, you should smash that like button. It helps to support the channel in the YouTube algorithm. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And also, by the way, just want to mention to you, today's show is brought to you by Bitcoin 2022. It is a conference happening, I believe it's April 6th to the 9th. And we are going to be there. Who is we, myself, uh, Smay and Tim, all of us are going to be down there. And we're going to hopefully meet a ton of you guys. So make sure you check out Bitcoin 2022. Type that into Google. You will find all of the information that you need. And I believe we have a link in the description for that as well. But let's go ahead and take a look at the last year or so of Bitcoin's price action. You already know it, but we need to get caught up. What is Bitcoin doing? It's got a double top up here between sixty-five dollars and $70,000. And there's a slight uptrending level of support right here. If you'll remember to uh, several months ago, there was this uptrend right here that Bitcoin was respecting. And it was actually forming a ascending triangle pattern right here. But we didn't break bullish out of that ascending triangle pattern as we had hoped. We had hoped Bitcoin would hold $50,000 and then it would break bullish and rally up to $100. But then we had tons of FUD come into the space. We had all kinds of inflation FUD come in. We had all kinds of, you know, uh, uh, flu that I can't talk about FUD come in. There's all kinds of things that came in and dropped pandemic. the price of Bitcoin. We can that, say pandemic. Wait, we can? Yeah, that's a word we're allowed, we, we checked on it. It's Whoa. Good. It's that's allowed. like, okay, you guys remember back to school and you had the really pure kid that, like, never cursed ever and then he yeah. said like a bad word and then you were like whoa did he just say that that's that was my reaction to t we can say pandemic we can say pandemic what in the world yeah. okay well ever since the pandemic happened that's been the first time in like two years i've uttered down that you know the last time i said pandemic on the channel the channel got shut down for a week so that's why i'm always so scared to say it for any of you guys who have been around for a little while anyway the point is there's a lot of fud that dropped bitcoin out of this um uh ascending triangle pattern here and what we've seen happen is that instead of following through on this ascending triangle pattern and this uptrending level of support, we've actually set a new one in motion right here. And this uptrending level of support actually is very interesting because if you zoom out on the history of Bitcoin, there is a very long-term uptrending level of support as well that's slightly different, but that gives us a similar feeling. So we have this uptrending level of support here, which is the one I was talking about earlier. And then we also have this one right here that has been in play on Bitcoin for basically the entire history of this market. So the point is right now Bitcoin is sitting on a ton of support. So where does that leave Bitcoin? Well, Bitcoin right now is in a macro decision point. It has been ever since the beginning of this year when we started dropping down into these thirty-five dollars to $45,000 levels. I'm going to call this a transition phase. This is a transient zone that Bitcoin is currently staying in, but that it likely won't stay in for long. Why would I say that? Well, thirty dollars to $45,000 seems to be a very unstable point. You know how I've talked about VPVR and how VPVR acts as basically like a mountain Whenever you're sitting on top of the mountain, oftentimes you will fall down the mountain. It's unlikely that you put a ball on top of a hill and the ball stays there. It's normally going to follow gravity down the hill. There's two ways you can fall down the hill, left or right. In this case, we can either fall to the upside and start a rally, or we can fall to the downside and start a correction, which would likely become a bear market in that case. Now, that decision has not been made yet. Bitcoin has been sitting here mulling over which direction it wants to go ever since the beginning of the year. But we do have some good news. And the good news is Bitcoin, instead of what it was doing back here in July, uh, May, June, and July of last year, setting a lower high and then also slightly lower lows, as we saw there with a the falling wedge that broke bullish, we're actually forming an ascending triangle pattern right now on the market. Now, since we are in a downtrend, you would think this would be a, con a continuation pattern pushing us to the downside, but it's not. It actually, in this case, I believe, is, as I said, a decision phase in the market. And if Bitcoin does break to the upside, then that's going to be absolutely amazing. And I do think that there is a strong likelihood that we will break to the upside at some point in the next month or two, considering this uptrend 
training level of support. We're about to tie all of this into the news stories that we're going to be pulling in here in just a second, talking about the European Union, talking about inflation. We've also got some on-chain data that we're going to bring you that Kelly supplied us. Shout out to Kelly. Um, but the thing I really want to hammer home here in the technical analysis segment of this show is that Bitcoin is one not out of the woods yet. Just because we're holding above $35,000 does not for a second mean that it can't go below 30. I want to make sure we're very realistic and we're clear on that. Bitcoin could go into a pretty large correction down into the 20s. I don't think that's going to happen, but we have to keep all possibilities on the table. However, the other side of that coin is that there is actually a strong reason to believe that Bitcoin is building very strong support here between 30 and $45,000. Why? Because we've traded sideways for two and a half months here and we did the same thing back over here in June and July. And we also did the same thing for a month over here in January of 2021. So what does all this say? It says that Bitcoin is building a rock solid foundation above $30,000, not below $30,000, not at 20,000, at 30 to $40,000 that it can build off of in the future. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing a ton of FUD coming, coming into the space. Some of it should not be affecting the price of Bitcoin. Some of it, it makes sense that it's impacting the price of Bitcoin, such as this potential EU ban. But nevertheless, people are still holding their Bitcoin. And we're going to get to some of those metrics, some of those statistics. We're going to talk about illiquid supply. We're going to talk about outflows on exchange. We're going to talk about all of that here in a second, but we're going to continue with the TA for just a minute. Now, Tim, I want to hear your take on this kind of long-term perspective here, because we're about to move into the shorter-term stuff having to do with the news. What do you see going on with this sideways movement? It jumps out at you whenever you look at the chart. Bitcoin yeah. has been trading sideways here for months. What do you make of that? Well, so you can go to my screen now, Zach. There's what I want to show, first of all, before I answer that, is these zones that I drew, again, back here. I drew these three zones back at the end of February. Uh, and even though we broke through up here and we came back down right here as well, look at how we've been using these zones as of late. Even the other day back on the 11th of March, we made it up past this zone. We broke through, rejected on this zone, came back down. Now we came, we broke our ascending triangle, came down to this zone, used it for support. What I'm seeing, and I talked about this before when we talk about this long-term uh, deal right now, we need to use the reverse of what we actually were using earlier in 2021. Remember that that concept we talked heavily about is that a lot of times people buy the rumor, sell the news, right? That's what's happening during a bull run. What we have seen happening ever since I would say January, when we broke down here at the beginning of January into like the lower, when we broke that zone of between 33 to about $44,000, uh, there has been a sell the rumor by the release happening. We have a FUD out. We, we FUDded. What is the what is the Fed going to say? We go ahead and drop the price. The Fed actually says, you know what? Not that big of a deal. We're going to keep kicking the can down the road. So we relieved. We, we had a rally. We came back up. Then it was like, oh, no. We have Russia potentially about to invade Ukraine within the next couple of days. The price goes in and drop. It did end up happening, but all the price had happened before the, the war actually started. So therefore, we end up having a relief rally. It seems like over and over and over and over and over and over again, we have anticipation movements when there's a rumor happening, when there's a concern, when there's some sort of FUD, the price goes ahead and adjusts for it ahead of time. So right. what we saw happen last night, literally as reports were coming out about what we're going to talk about later in the show, the EU's decision that potentially they're going to be banning all proof of work cryptos, the price dropped in anticipation and now has rallied back up. What this tells me is that this is just the epitome of what we're talking about over the last three months now 
is that this is not a buy the rumor, sell the news, or sell the release. This is a sell the rumor, buy the release. And so we got to watch for the rest of this week. We had two big stories, and that's what we're talking about in this show, is not only what the EU decides, but also what we end up seeing happen with uh, the Fed's decision about inflation. But in all reality, you want to you know what my opinion is? Is that this is a constant manipulation movement of fudding people out, FOMOing people in. It's going to continue to move sideways. And I've, I said this on the show last week. I've become... Pretty adamant until I see a price break above 46,000. Guys, 33, 35 to $33,000 region is pretty much inevitable. It's going to mm. happen. The longer we hold off on it, the longer this sideways movement is going to happen. But unless we can break above 46 soon, we're going to continue to FOMO people in and FUD people out, move to the side before we finally have a price drop that lets the retail, not the retail, the institution in Wales get their actual buying spot that they want so they can accumulate as much as possible. And that's what we'll then finally see the bull run continue. But th- even last night was just a continuation of what we've seen. Let's FUD people out early. Let's release news that kind of is a nothing burger. And then we'll let the price rally back up. I'm going to have to agree with you there, Tim. Bitcoin not moving above $46,000 is a very bad sign for the bulls. But here's the thing you got to realize. The long term for Bitcoin is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. The illiquid supply is better than ever. The, uh, the you know the number of active addresses on Bitcoin is greater than ever. The amount of people that are working in the cryptocurrency space better than ever. The amount of growth that's going on in crypto is ridiculous. You know what's not growing? The FOMO. That's what's not growing. If you've noticed on YouTube, viewership is down across all platforms. You know, engagement across all platforms. People are not as interested anymore. The chaff is being taken out. What we're seeing right now are plenty of people that were in crypto for the quick gains. They were in crypto for the 1,000x coins. They were in crypto for the meme coins. They were in crypto to become millionaires overnight. They left because Bitcoin got boring. But you you know who's still here? You. If you're watching this, you are still here despite, I'll admit it, Bitcoin being rather boring for a couple of months, right? It has been. Can we say that? We can say that. Bitcoin hasn't been doing a whole lot. It's been trading sideways. I find it interesting because I love Bitcoin, but not everybody does. And a lot of people that were only interested in making millions overnight, a lot of them left. But you know what? It goes to show you how many people are actually in crypto for the right reasons now, because when that happened the last time, when everybody who was only in crypto for making their millions were, were still in crypto, when the last time that I've been in crypto for almost five years now, in July 31st, I'll have been in crypto for five years. The last time I saw a market where only the people that are the diehard fans in crypto were still there. That was here. That was in January of 2019. And Bitcoin was trading at $4,000. Now, Bitcoin is trading at $40,000. That was only two years ago. And you know the difference? Back then, the, 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 the core community of Bitcoin and crypto was so much smaller. It was tiny compared to what it is now. You didn't have anywhere near the number of institutions and businesses and retail people and all of these different individuals, all these communities getting into crypto. But now, you do. What we're seeing is that there is a rock solid foundational community in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency that did not exist before. And so what that means is that I am starting to become more and more confident that thirty to forty thousand dollars is actually a very healthy region for Bitcoin whenever there's not FUD and FOMO, excuse me, whenever there's not FOMO and hype in the market. I actually think we're in a very healthy range right now. I don't think we're overextended to the upside. Honestly, I don't think we're massively overextended to the downside. I think that we deserve to be at a hundred thousand dollars. I think that Bitcoin will go to a hundred thousand dollars. But as far as the core community right now, forty thousand dollars seems to be a strong area. So what's the takeaway from that? The takeaway from that 
And actually, I would say the area that Bitcoin really should be at is probably about, between about forty dollars and $50,000. I do think we're a little bit undervalued. The takeaway from that is that if we start to go down to $33,000 or even lower, you are getting farther and farther and farther and farther away from the intrinsic value of Bitcoin. And what you're doing is you're widening that intrinsic value gap, the IVG, that thing that I've taught you guys about. And the farther to the downside you go, the more oversold Bitcoin gets and the more whales are going to come in and buy. So there's a lot of buying pressure. Just think about it like this. As you go further to the downside, you get more and more and more and more and more and more buyers. And as Tim said, I do think that there is manipulation going on in the market. In fact, I don't think there is. I know there is. I don't know that manipulation is on a scale where it's intentional and is premeditated and it is literally trying to attack the market. I'm not saying there's some boogeyman pulling the strings behind the counter trying to make sure that the market goes down. But what I am saying is that there is a ton of news coming out that does not have a lot to do with Bitcoin that is causing the price to drop when it really shouldn't. What I am saying is that if Bitcoin drops down to $33,000, as Tim said, it might, which I think he's right. I don't think it'll stay down there. You, you know, the long. other thing to keep in mind, Jeb, is that we we discussed this on the show last week as well, but we've discussed this for a while now, is as much as people do not like the word regulation and people don't like that that goes against everything that Bitcoin was supposed to be. The other reason why it could be manipulated in staying this low is they're waiting for stricter regulation to come out, holding it off for those billions of dollars of institutions who are waiting for regulation. They, they want the regulation so they have security with their money. They don't want to invest heavily in Bitcoin and then there'd be a strict ban or something happen like that, and then they they lose all their money. Regulation is going to bring billions, if not trillions of dollars into the crypto space, and specifically, Bitcoin and Ethereum are the main targets for these, for yeah. these not only whales, but institutions. So that even begs the question is, is that the reason why this market is so boring and so sideways? And could it, you know, is it going to drag on as long as until we get firm regulation and we know what the rules are, it's going to continue to move sideways in this $30,000 to $40,000 region, waiting for those those institutions to actually be able to make money. You're absolutely right. That's something Thomas Lee of Fundstrat has been preaching and just screaming at, you know, Squawk Box for as long as I've been in cryptocurrency saying, guys, regulatory clarity, regulatory clarity, regulatory clarity. There's $100 trillion sitting on the sidelines and none of it wants to get into crypto because they have no idea if they're going to get into crypto and then get a $500 million fine from the SEC. They want to make sure that they know what they're doing. And frankly, this European Union news that we're going to be talking about here in about seven minutes is pretty scary for the institutions because they're like, wait a minute, we're going to go buy a billion and a half dollars worth of Bitcoin and then it's going to get banned by the by 25% of the world's economy. You know, the EU makes up 25% of global GDP. European Union makes up a quarter of global GDP. America makes up a quarter and China makes up a quarter. The rest of the world makes up that final quarter. The EU is a very powerful, very powerful uh, block. And so if they do go through and ban this, that is going to be a step in the absolute wrong direction for regulatory clarity. But, you know, I actually want to contest something you said there, Tim. I, yeah. You didn't say it, but you said some people say it. I don't think that regulation is against the foundational concepts of Bitcoin. I think most regulation can be, but I don't think regulation intrinsically is against what Bitcoin was founded to do. I think some regulation is good. The government does have a place. It just forgot its place about 150 years ago, and it needs to go back to it. So I don't think regulation is a bad thing. As you said, it's a very important thing for yeah. uh, laying foundations. But with the last couple of minutes we have here before we go into our community discussion, by the way, if you haven't hit the like button yet, smash the like button. Let's get to 500 likes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Drop a super chat if you'd like us to read that. We'll be reading those here in three minutes. I want to just go ahead and look at the short-term price action for Bitcoin because there's several things that jump out at me. Number one, 
We did have this inverse head and shoulders pattern back before I left. You can see it right here. That actually did play out. We saw Bitcoin rally all the way up to that inverse head and shoulders pattern. That's a great thing. However, as you know, around the time that I left, around March, thir uh, you know, I was married on March 5th, Bitcoin started a major drop and we had a pretty big rally here on the 9th and pretty much Bitcoin's been trading sideways. This market right here, this is an outlier. Forget about this. This market right here with this sideways movement, that is very reminiscent to me of another part uh, of another uh, part, another period, another part. I confuse the words. <laughs> another period of Bitcoin's history, and it takes place back over here in Oct uh, September, October, and uh, November of 2018. During this time, I remember this, Bitcoin was trading sideways not doing a whole lot of nothing. It wasn't doing anything, and it was very boring. And what ended up happening is Bitcoin had a major drop. It actually dropped 50% in the span of a month. And what happened from there is that a lot of people freaked out. A lot of people left the market to never return. But what that did is it absolutely bottomed out Bitcoin. Bitcoin went down to $3,000, $3,200, and it completely collapsed the price. What that did is it completely and totally reset all of the market structure. It completely and totally reset the sentiment, and it really showed you who was still here. This channel daily uploaded through all of this. I've made a video every single day through all of that. I didn't go anywhere, and the people that didn't go anywhere made a lot of money because when they bought Bitcoin at $3,200, when everybody else was running for the hills, they ended up holding and getting a 20x on Bitcoin and 100x's on some of the smaller cap altcoins because when that happened, Ethereum dropped all all the way down, I'll show you back over here, to below $100, it dropped down to 82 bucks. It's now sitting at $2,500 and it's halfway retraced from all time high. So what's the point here? Like I said, I want to do a lot of macro TA with the last minute we have here. The point here is that no matter what Bitcoin does, whether it trades sideways and then starts a rally, or if it does what it did at the end of 2018, it trades sideways, then has a capitulation event down to like $20,000 and then bottoms out and then starts a recovery by resetting the market structure, no matter what it does, those who hold and stay in this market through that time will be handsomely rewarded. I have watched it happen multiple times in the cryptocurrency markets. Whenever Bitcoin is bottoming out, whenever Bitcoin is going through massive capitulations, whenever Bitcoin is going through just what seems to be the end of the world, that is when you make your money. Because anybody can succeed on the good days, anybody can make a profit when Bitcoin is in a bull market, when it's rallying and it's just absolutely exploding, but you win on the hard days. You win on the bad days because those are the days that will test your skills. Those are the days that will test your mindset. Those are the days that will test your ethic and your desire to actually be here. And if you stand the test of time, you will be glad you did. With that said, Tim, if you have any final thoughts, let me know. But let's go ahead and move into no, the community discussion as well. Up well. Let's go ahead and jump into some of our chat. What I did want to start with, just to thank them so much. On Friday, I, I don't know when they came in, but I wasn't able to read two super chats, so I wanted to read them now. I, the holder, who'd been a member for seven months as a Jedi Young, said smash them likes and Yo. join CT2A. Whoa. Uh, so Joel. thank you, I, the beholder. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Ether, Robert Warner said, nice spaces last night, man. Keep her going. I think he was talking to Kelly. Kelly, just so you guys know, every Thursday, Kelly has uh, Twitter spaces going on. I've been in a couple of those. I've listened to them. I've been in one of them. Phenomenal, great. phenomenal. Great minds talking about crypto. If you don't know what we're talking about, make sure every Thursday. Uh, I think I think here soon, I think he talked about it too. He's going to be moving those actually to the Crypto Jeb Twitter. Yes, he will be. Uh, which is going to be awesome. Come interact with that group. But we do have one that just came in from Crypto Alchemist who said, do you think the lack of FOMO is due to the rap economy and the fear of paying mortgages and putting food on the table, not enough fiat to spare. 
Say that again. So do you think that, and he's talking about FOMO of the retail investor. So do you think the lack of FOMO is due to the ravaged economy, the fear of paying mortgages and putting food on the table, not enough fiat to spare? So pretty much oh, yeah, is the, is it, there's not enough because people are more worried about totally. paying their bills. Totally. And, yeah. Totally. Absolutely. And you know why that's happening? Because people have their spending priorities backwards. That's why that's happening. People spend on the things that they need before they put money into savings and investment. I've, I actually made a video about this a while ago. I said there's five things that you want to spend your money on. Number one, ministry slash God. Now, if you're not a Christian, that's totally fine. We don't judge anybody here, but that would, instead, you would say charitable contributions. You know, giving back is what I'm talking about there. That's the first thing, and I, I fail to exemplify this with my finances every single day. Just I'm, hands, I'm not perfect at this. I'm working on it. Spend your money on giving to others is basically what I'm saying, and then focus on saving for a rainy day, then invest, then spend your money on the things that you need, then spend your money on the things that you don't need. So those are the things that you want to do. If you spend your money in that in that order and you spend much below your means, you're going to have a much happier life. Because what I realized on the trip while I was gone, I'll talk about this more later, is that I could literally be a billionaire in charge of the biggest company in the world, or I could be dirt poor sitting on a dirt floor and I could have absolutely nothing and I could be happy and content and joyful and fulfilled because money is not where I find my happiness. So what I would encourage uh, the people that are in the retail sector right now that are not investing in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, one, you don't have to invest in Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. I think they are one of the best investment vehicles right now because they are inflation hardened in an economy where inflation is rampant. But two, if you're not invested in something, I think you're making a mistake. I think it's a mistake to not invest in something unless you literally have no money and you can't downscale your life a little bit. I think it is wise to live much below your means, take a home, a house that you can easily, easily yeah. afford, you know, eat very, very conservatively. Don't eat out a bunch. Don't spend a bunch of money on things that you don't need. And instead, put that money into savings and investment. I've actually been helping my brother get into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. He found out, hey, I can stop going golfing every Friday. I can stop going and flying a plane every single day. He has a pilot license. Yeah. He can stop doing that and invest in Bitcoin and crypto. And I showed him, hey, you invest 100 bucks in crypto every week. You look out three years. What are you going to have? Oh, I don't know, maybe 100 grand. And he did that. Downscaled his life a little bit, invested a little bit more. I would encourage you guys which I know you're already doing this, but I would especially encourage people that are not in investments to do that. They'll be much, much better off. You know, even that concept of why there's not a lot of FOMO, the FUD happening right now to scare retail investors out. It, you got to think about it and remember this. Institutions, whales, people who have a lot of money, they understand the game and they understand to make money, sometimes you got to lose money. What I mean by that is sometimes your investments go down and it looks bleak. And what they know is they can make it through and they're going to sit there and play chicken with all the retail investors. Uh, but if it, a retail investor, as Jeb just said, if you can learn how to live Live within your means. Uh, and again, start investing. We do never, never, never advise anybody to invest more than they can. The best way, Jeb, I've told the story before, but Jeb told me when I first invest, invested in Bitcoin, which I didn't have a whole heck of a lot of money, uh, he said, Tim, if you went outside and t put this money on fire, are you going to be okay? And it's like, no, I mean, this is half my savings, but yeah, no, I will. I still have a job. I still will make money. It, if you can learn to think like that, if you can learn to think like, hey, what can I live with and what can I live without? And you take that what I can live without and you put that into crypto. And then for me, two months, I didn't look at my Coinbase account for two months. It went down, it went up, it went down, it went up. I just sat there as if it was still sitting in savings. And guess what? Right now, I am super, super grateful that I made that decision, even though there are moments of pain. 
Trust me, as painful as it is, if you can ride this out and start thinking about the future the way institutions think about it and not let their FUD FUD you out of your holdings, years from now, you will be very grateful. You will have that security sitting there of, hey, if anything ever goes wrong, I have that massive crypto holding. Uh, you got to start thinking ahead and start taking uh, some of those risks, but wise risks. Here's a challenge for you, and then we're going to move into our headlines and discussions. <clears throat> If you feel any fear whatsoever about losing everything material that you've ever had, something's wrong. If you want to know what I'm talking about, I made a video about four and a half months ago. It was October 25th, I believe it was. It was around Halloween where the YouTube channel got deleted by YouTube and it didn't scare me. I didn't freak out. I was completely at peace. And if you want to find out how I had that peace, go back and watch that video. I was sitting in the stands of Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. That video was how the YouTube channel got deleted, something to that effect. It was about four months ago. Go watch that video if you haven't already. I think it was one of the better videos that I've been blessed to make. But what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and move into our... Um, our discussion here about the European Union. Now, I do want to read a super chat, and you are absolutely right. Ahmad Ali, EU meeting removed Bitcoin discussion. You were right. It was on the docket, but it has now been removed. They are still talking about this, but to my knowledge, they have just removed this from the docket. Essentially, what's going on here? And I'm going to let Tim explain this a little bit more also. Limiting proof-of-work crypto back on the table as EU Parliament prepares virtual currency vote. Now, this is outdated. This is They are not discussing this today. They are still going to discuss this, to my knowledge. A provision looking to force proof-of-work cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin to switch to more environmentally friendly proof-of-stake consensus mechanism is in the draft of MICA up for a parliamentary vote on Monday. So this is a very interesting subheading for this article from Coindesk. And Coindesk obviously knows that this is ludicrous. They understand how cryptocurrency works. But this is what is being discussed right now. Take a look at this word force. Word force. It's almost like a bunch of lawmakers that are so used to telling everybody what to do at you know, the threat of violence, don't understand that you can't force Bitcoin to do anything. No one can. Tim, I want your kind of 30,000 foot view of what's going on here. And then let's dig a little bit deeper into some questions around whether Bitcoin can be banned or not. Yeah, you know, uh, this is a lot like, remember a couple weeks ago when the Canadian uh, yes. government tried to get exchanges to to lock that down and, and they, they got an email back just politely letting them know hey guys that's 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 not actually not work. possible um that's not how <laughs> that was a really funny here. email so people are gonna learn they're gonna learn it, Thirty thousand foot view I, you know i don't know what's gonna happen you're saying that they actually came out and said that they're no longer going to discuss banning bitcoin or they're no longer going to discuss it's going to the bitcoin it's so the, the the crypto bill is heading to the vote uh, today without yeah. the proof of work ban. This literally just came out, so I've well, got a chance to catch I can, up on I it. I can tell you this. I know they're thinking, because I've read a lot of articles about it, their concern at the moment is the the Russia potentially using crypto to evade the yeah. uh, sanctions. their sanctions, right? So that's their thought right now. So they, they are kind of, this might be a situation where they're really trying to make you think they want to bite, but their bark is louder than their bite. But here's, here's the deal. This is what will happen. Let's say, for example, the EU, EU <laughs> came out and banned Bitcoin. <clears throat> How long? How long before the citizens completely just lose it and rebel against their governments? And I don't necessarily mean violently. I hope not violently, but I mean, I mean we, what we saw happen in Canada recently, what we've seen happen in places in the U.S., citizens can raise a stink very easily and and force government's hand. And that's the whole purpose of crypto in the first place, if Bitcoin in the first place specifically, is that the power no longer resides in the few, but the power goes back to the many. So I have this this inkling that if there actually is bearish news and and Bitcoin and Ethereum and proof of work, uh, proof of work coins end up getting banned. 
there's going to be a form of like a quiet rebellion where the citizens do it anyway. Yeah, know? they're just going to ignore it. And, I mean, and, and, and I, by the way, I want to make sure people understand, we do not recommend doing things that are illegal. That's Amen. not what we're saying. But what we will acknowledge is that people will start doing things that if you start making it illegal to own it, then people will start breaking the law because they know it's the future. I think they're going to flood out some people. They're going to flood out the weak minded. They're going to flood out the new the newbies to crypto. But those of you who have been here for a while, if your government started banning crypto, think about it. are you going to sell your crypto? Are you going to get rid of your Bitcoin and Ethereum? Yeah. Probably not. And and they're going to have to deal with not a couple they're going to deal with millions of citizens who are rebelling against that law. And I think then it would only be a matter of time before they're like, all right, this was too aggressive. Now, that's that's if they end up banning it. More than likely, I don't see them doing it. And if they did, like I said, it's going to be bullish. It's just not going to work for I them. I think that this is, as Jeb pointed out, this is a power trip of the singular. They're so used to being able to control what people do that they have not realized they have not realized that they are losing control slowly. And this is exactly what Frederick Hayek talked about yep, of how exactly. we take back power and how we get sure and sound money back in the system is we do it in a sly about way. What does sly mean? It means that you're kind of not really being out in the open about it. They don't even realize it's happening to them. But in a sly roundabout way, Bitcoin is taking power back from governments and they don't realize it yet. And guess what? They're going to make things painful. This could even lead to a drop in price. But in the longevity of the project... Bitcoin every single day is gaining ground on traditional fiat currency, and it's only a matter of time before the floodgates finally get opened. That's my 30,000-foot view on what's happening with the EU. As CryptoSec guy just said in chat, almost like prohibition in the 1920s at TATM and CryptoJet, here's the thing. The governments of the world right now are acting like an overstepping helicopter parent who say, go to your room, do this, eat your vegetables, or I'm going to spank you, or I'm going to do this, because one, they're insecure, because two, they know their children don't respect them. Because three, they get their satisfaction from telling others what to do. That's what the governments of the world are doing right now. And the scary thing for the governments, and also for the rest of us, is that they realize that over the last 10 years, they have lost so much of their legitimacy. Charles Hoskinson talked about this in the interview that I, that I discussed with him. It used to be a great thing. Oh, I work, for the, I work for the WHO. Oh, I work for the CDC. Oh, I work for the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Oh, I work for the CIA. Oh, I work for the NSA. Okay, CIA and NSA have had a bad rap for a while now. But, I, oh, I work for this government. Okay, cool. Awesome. Thank you for your service, right? That's not the way the perception is anymore. You can't get either side of the... And I'm not making a political statement here. I'm just commenting on the state of politics in general. You can't get either side to agree on the government. They all hate every part of the government, and the government realizes that, and they need to have at least some support because we do live in a democracy, or excuse me, a representative republic in the... In the um, uh, in the United States anyway, these governments realize that they're losing their power and they're losing their ability to inflict, to, uh, to, to utilize one of the most powerful tools that they have for their power, which is the currency. And that's what we're going to talk about now is we're going to talk about inflation because another way that the governments are slowly losing their grip on society is they're losing the ability to inflate the currency and to manipulate interest rates and manipulate inflation in such a way that they're able to exert influence and control over the markets because the inflation is getting away from them and they can't keep it in control. And as soon as a government loses control of the power of the currency, they start to lose power over the citizenry because that is one of the ways that governments exert power over the citizenry is the control of the currency through taxes and through different laws 
in regards to monetary policy. So here's the deal. The governments of the world are scared. They are scared that the United they, they're scared that the people now have another option. That has not existed for a very long time where the people of the world had another monetary option. This time it's called Bitcoin and whether they admit it or not, many people in a high high levels of politics. I'm not talking about your average House of Representatives member. I'm talking about the people that pull the strings. They realize that if they don't have control of the currency and they don't have control of the narrative and they don't at least have the trust of some of the populace, they're in deep doo-doo and they don't want that. So they're trying to ban any other option that people have so that they have to use their money. That is the deeper narrative that's going on here behind this. Now, obviously, many people in the EU do have concerns about proof of work. They do have many concerns about, you know, carbon footprint. I'm not saying that there's just nothing but nasty motives, but I am saying that there are plenty of politicians in office that realize that if they lose control of the currency, they lose control of their power. So let's go ahead and talk about inflation. Yeah. Well, so this is a big thing that's going to be coming on this week. Again, we even discussed it a little earlier this show. There's there's some FUD in the in the works this week, and it might be legitimate FUD, but it's not just the EU thing, which sounds like it's not as strong necessarily in the last couple hours. But the other one is this week we find out more about what the Fed is going to do with inflation numbers. In case you didn't know, the inflation last week came out at 7.9%. That is not the highest it's ever been, but it is definitely extremely high and something the Fed has to start paying attention to. So they are meeting this week, the 15th and the 16th, to discuss. So we don't know if we're going to find out the details of what they decide to do in terms of are we going to continue with that 0.25? increase in interest rates like they said? Are they going to raise that to 0.5? Could they go crazy and try to go to 0.75? We will find out most likely at some point on Wednesday, if not Thursday. But this actually sparked something really interesting. Elon Musk is back in crypto news because after when he was discussing this about inflation, he reiterated that he is not going to part ways with his Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Dogecoin because he talks heavily about, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. If you guys want to find, I'm sure you can almost go to almost any article and find what he's talking about, but he is specifically talking about this is the exact reason crypto was created. Could potentially Elon Musk, this is my question to you, Jeb, could Elon Musk start to spark, you know, he's been a villain, he's been a hero in crypto world. (laughs) Could he start to spark the education that the average retail investor needs to know that Bitcoin is in fact not just a commodity. It's not just the new gold. It is what the world needs to fight inflation. Absolutely it could because, you know, I think I think Elon Musk and Bitcoin have a lot in common. And I think that's why he's in Bitcoin. You know, Elon Musk is on track to be the world's first trillionaire. This dude does not need any more money. He's not in Bitcoin for the gains. I don't think. Maybe he is. I mean, I don't know the guy, but I don't think he's in Bitcoin for the hashtag gains and the hashtag going to the moon. He'd rather literally go to the moon. I mean, he owns SpaceX. You know, this guy I don't think is in crypto for the sake of making money. I think that he's in crypto for the principles. I think he's in crypto for the purpose. And yes, of course, I think he's in crypto for the memes. I think he finds it very amusing. But if you think about what Bitcoin stands for, rebelling against the current financial system and using technology to create a revolutionary solution to a problem that people have had for a very long time. What did I just talk about? Did I just talk about Bitcoin and proof of work and uh, delegated proof of stake and all the, the different things in cryptocurrency that are rebelling against the traditional financial system? Am I talking about crypto when I say that previous statement? Or am I talking about Elon Musk who helped to found PayPal, which rebelled against that current financial system, who helped to rebel against the, all, the, all the automakers when he founded Tesla, when he was part of the founding of Tesla, when he helped to rebel against the stagnant space race that we that had you know died in the 70s and founded SpaceX. Who am I talking about? Am I talking about Bitcoin or Elon Musk? I'm talking about both of them. They both have the same parallel journey of rebelling against a system that was stagnant and broken to try and give a new solution to a problem that's been around for a very long time. We haven't had the ability to get cargo into space 
are on our own since, was it 2008, 2009, when the space shuttle program was shut down? We haven't had the ability to move away from, car and on, you know, I'm not getting into the whole carbon debate, but Elon Musk would say we haven't had the ability to, to have electric cars ever since, you know, the Model T 100 years ago, and that's imp impacting the environment. Both of these people, excuse me, Bitcoin and Elon Musk both have very similar purposes. I think he's in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency because of an alignment of principles. That's very powerful. That is ridiculously powerful because what that means is that the world's richest man stands not with the governments who he loves getting on their nerves. He instead stands with the future of finance, which is Bitcoin. So I, for one, welcome Elon Musk, and I would love for him to go out and yeah. teach more about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies because, one, I think he believes in it, and two, I think that him talking about it will get the kind of attention that we need to get it on its next run. Yeah, I, I, don't, think, I, I don't think we can ignore the fact that he, he does know that when he speaks, he carries a lot of influence, and, and this is a way for him to continue to be on the minds of everybody. Just so you guys know, I even talked to my dad a couple of months ago. I didn't realize this. The reason my dad started getting more interested in Bitcoin was because of Elon Musk. I didn't even know my dad. I knew he knew who Elon Musk was. I didn't know he cared what Elon Musk thought. But the fact is that we made him a hero before. He both rose the market extremely fast, but then when he started, you know, printing out the FUD articles, and again, he he his concerns, while I disagree with them, the rest of the world understands and thinks that are valid, he crashed the market. I think the lesson we learned from that is, hey, we should not make uh, Elon Musk this hero that we put on a pedestal, and whatever he said is gospel. But what we should understand is that his influence carries a lot of weight. So it is always nice when someone who has heavy influence is bullish on crypto. It does help the narrative of the education. But what I think, you know, Jeb, something that you said, I do believe he sees the principles, but I also think he is in it for the money, not necessarily even to gain money. Like you said, he has enough money. That's not the problem. Yeah. But he sees the future and he understands how broken currencies are, how broken the average fiat currency is. Yeah. And he understands the future of this is crypto. And I think that what he is doing is going to whether, and I think he knows it, but I'm saying even if he doesn't, it is going to influence the future education of the average individual because he's a character who holds a lot of influence. And he's not this biased source who's just nothing but pro Bitcoin. Bitcoin. People have seen him be against it. People have seen him be for it. So in their eyes, they're seeing him as almost an unbiased yeah. third party who is making informed uh, decisions with his money. And as we said before, people want to follow big money. They want to follow safe money. Who better than Elon Musk who controls and, a lot of it, you know? And I think the thing you have to realize is that Elon Musk and Bitcoin also have another thing in common. They're both wild cards. You know, th there can be this perception that we have that the ultimate arbiters of power and truth in the world are the governments of the world, and that is factually inaccurate, but they want you to believe that. You might notice I'm a little bit of a libertarian. I'm not getting into left or right, but I will say I'm small government. I will stand for that. Now, I do think the government has a place. I'm not saying that I'm not an anarchist at all. <laughs> <laughs> whatsoever. You know, if you if you fall and break your hip, you kind of need an ambulance to come and get you. If your house is on fire, I mean, you might not be able to put it out with water because you know your, your, your sink's on fire. But anyway, I digress. My point is, Elon Musk's Twitter account has more power than most world governments. It really does. That yeah. that He tweets, everybody talks about it. I saw an infographic the other day. Ten years of Elon Musk tweet. This thing was really well put together. Somebody spent like 40 hours putting together this infographic of the things he's talked about for the last ten years. It's crazy. Somebody did the research and combed through every single tweet he made to make an infographic. That's how you know how important, how important his Twitter is. He has a lot of power. And when he and Bitcoin are in alignment, which they are, that is very powerful. Because I actually believe that Elon Musk stands. It might not be his 
Paramount vision like it is for us, but I think he stands for what our vision here at this channel is, which is to help provide people financial sovereignty. I really do think that he believes in that. Now, he might not have believed in that 15 years ago when he was founding Tesla. You know, he's on record of saying, I don't care what you put in the car, just get the effing car and I'm gonna go sell a bunch of them. You know, that he might not have thought that then, but the way he's been acting recently and also going back to what, how he founded PayPal, why he founded PayPal, he wasn't the only founder of PayPal. I understand the origin story is a little more complicated than that, but when X.com and all that, if you go back in history and you look at what he's done, you find that he actually does stand for that word of sovereignty. I really do believe that he does. So I think he's in alignment with Bitcoin. I don't want to say, I don't want to, I want to be careful about saying he's in alignment with us, but I do think he's in alignment with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And I think in general, he is a force for good. That being said, anyone that is that powerful, that is imperfect, yeah. which all humans are, can be dangerous. So we don't want to put him on a pedestal. And as Tim said, what he says is not gospel. But in general, I think he's a good force for Bitcoin. What I really even hope, if it's just brand awareness. What I really hope is that through all this, that the name Elon Musk, is not the thing that people focus on, although maybe they will. I think the furthering of education on why crypto was created, specifically yes. Bitcoin, needs to be at the forefront of people's minds. So at this point, I don't care who is saying it. What I care about is that people are being educated on why Bitcoin is a must for every single retail investor to begin to fight against A, inflation, but B, fight against tyranny of large single entities who want to control everything they do. Amen. I think that's something you always have to keep in, keep in mind with any kind of power is that as Spider-Man was told, like, with great power comes great responsibility. It was Spider-Man that was told that, right? Am I missing out? Some I think, I think it was Spider-Man's Spider uncle. Spider-Man's uncle. It was, Spider -Man's uncle. It was Uncle Ben. That was Uncle Ben yeah. that said that. There you go. Well, we're going to go ahead and read some Super Chats, and yeah. then we're going to continue on here. Uh, so E, just name E, e letter right. E. What's up, so E? So EU, I think, added the draft shortly before the vote. Yeah, it's kind of confusing what's going on because there's conflicting narratives going on right now. The articles that I've been reading are saying now that um, Article 3A, which I'll go ahead and read to you, the proposal includes and, includes and cryptocurrency asset providers. I'm reading this directly. It's from 619C, uh, which was crossed. It read, the proposal included, included and crypto asset providers shall not provide services related in any way, shape, or form to crypto assets that do not meet the environmental sustainability criteria in accordance with Article 3A, which was basically saying they're banning proof of work. Yeah. Um, but then they apparently nixed that at the last minute. So it's a little bit of an well, ongoing story. I wonder, I wonder, I mean, it, we got to look into this and see how the future, but I wonder how much pressure there was on. That's what that's what all these articles are reading is that amid well, massive backlash, and, they reject, and the reject, retracted is, it. Like I said, they have a massive concern about Russia. Russia being able to get around sanctions. Well, guess who also is benefiting right now from Bitcoin? It's not just Russia. Ukraine Ukraine's is benefiting from it. Yeah, for yeah, real. Like, the, like, so it's one of those things. Like, if you think you're defending Ukraine by banning Bitcoin, think again. Ukraine needs it. So, you know, I think it's a government with a, a lot of lack of education. Anyway, yeah, he went on to say, he said he had another super chat saying, by the way, Islam tells to spend 2.5% from your spendings. Oh, yeah. I don't know what he's talking about necessarily. Is that is 2.5% like to charity or to, to missions? I think or, is, is that like basically the Islamic tithe? Is that what that is? I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. Uh, Average Joe said, thanks guys. Yeah. yeah, well, thank you. Thank you, Average Joe. Appreciate uh, that. Siobhan Golay said, welcome back, Jeb. Woo. I am a student. Will it be safe Woo. to invest my savings permanently every week? Anything below a dollar on ADA and Bitcoin at current price? So two rules that you need to ask yourself, because I get this question all the time, and I always give the exact same 
answer. Drop a one in chat if you've heard me say this before. What's your time horizon? What's your risk tolerance? How long are you planning on being in this investment? Are you going to be in it for five years, 10 years, two months, three days, 14 seconds? Like how long are you going to be in this? You got to know that. It doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily make your decision for you, but you need to know that before you make your decision. It's important context. Number two, what's your risk tolerance? How much are you willing to lose? You're willing to lose 10% of your net worth. You're willing to lose 5% of your net worth. You're willing to lose 5% of your monthly income. You're willing to lose 500 bucks. However you measure it, what are you willing to lose? Always invest less than you're willing to lose and always assume it's going to take longer to get the return that you want than it actually will. And also make in, uh, keep in mind something that Warren Buffett talks about. When you buy stock in a company, you are literally a fractional owner of that company. You literally own that company. Like, I don't think people realize that. I own Amazon stock. No, 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 no. You own a fraction of Amazon. You own Amazon in the same way that the CEO of Amazon owns Amazon. You know, so, so when you own Bitcoin, you own Bitcoin the same way the CEO of Bitcoin. No, no, there's no CEO of Bitcoin, but you actually literally own Bitcoin. You have just as much of a stake in Bitcoin as anything else. Same with Cardano. You own Cardano as much as Charles Hoskinson does. So you need to take that very seriously, and you need to do a lot of research and pay very close attention to your investments because you are literally an owner. So that's what I would say to that. As to answering your specific question, I'm not a financial advisor. I don't know your exact situation. I do encourage you to get a financial advisor. They're very helpful. What I will say is that I think dollar cost averaging down at these prices is not a bad call at all, but also be prepared that if they go lower to buy more because there is potential for further downside. You know, we had an interesting chat. Uh, this wasn't a super chat, but it's a regular discussion. Austin Grossglags. I think that's how that's pronounced. I don't know. He said, hey, team, just curious. If any of you all have crypto in Roth IRA or 401k, any opinions if what you like yeah. slash don't like about your custodian? Yeah. So, Tim, you uh, well, we, we actually have a sponsor of the channel who yeah. we love very much called iTrust Capital. So it's funny you ask that. If you're looking to invest with a retirement account, Roth IRA, IRA, 401k, all that stuff, iTrust Capital is leader in the space for that. So, Tim, do you have any well, other Well, I was going to say, because even what someone was asking earlier about that, that Super Chat, like, if <laughs> you, you could, you can use crypto to get rich quick. Not saying you should, but it is out there. The possibility is out there. But more so, just so you guys know, especially for someone in my position, I'm 27. You know, Jeb, you're 21. Zach, you're 22, 23, 22. You know, especially if you're younger, Crypto should be used for your future, which is why I'm so excited. I actually probably within the next couple of weeks, I'm reaching out to iTrust Capital to start that process going. That's not something, again, I heard about Roth IRAs and everything growing up. I was like, listen, I've seen people be burned by it. I've seen as the as the dollar continues to get inflated, speaking of inflation, you know, looking at things like that were never attractive to me. Now that I know crypto is the future. Now that I've been invested in this business, I'm growing my education. I'm very interested in growing that future. And again, it's not to get rich quick. It's not to get rich now. It's to to build wealth that will not just service me and my family, but will service my future generations and service the rest of the world through missions I'm able to give. Amen. I'm thinking about the future at all times, which is why, again, when we got that deal with iTrust Capital, I just really hope you guys know this is not a shill. This yeah. is not a, oh, there's somebody to give us money. This is a, we want to see you guys be financially sovereign today, tomorrow, and 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. So we want to partner with companies that will help you do it. iTrust Capital is for sure one of those companies. There's a great quote that goes along with what you just said. It said that there are two ways to have financial freedom. I'm going to change that to financial sovereignty because I much prefer that term. That's our vision. Either one, you can make more money 
or two, you can desire less. So I think it's important that we desire less and we're more frugal and we make sure that we're very um, that we're very wise with our money. And one of the ways that you can do that is by growing your finances in a tax shelter such as a Roth IRA or a 401k. So I would definitely make sure you check out iTrust Capital. Link is in the description box down below. We never take a sponsor that we don't fully believe in, just mm-hmm. so you know. That's a policy of ours that we take very seriously. iTrust Capital is one that we do believe in. But let's go ahead and read these final Super Chats before we wrap out. Yeah, I'm going to read Corey's first, and then I saw Ease, and I had that one pasted over. But Corey just said, how is it that I'm older than this entire panel, oh my and gosh. yet I can't grow facial hair? <laughs> <laughs> Chat, donate Rogaine for me, please. <laughs> Gosh, 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 gosh. E E clarified. He said, I did. I wrote this because Jeb talked about charity and Christianity. Yes, 2.5% of savings for charity and people in need to prevent social injustice. That's beautiful. I think it's very important because I think that I think it is the I think it's the community's job to take care of the people that can't take care of themselves. You know, in Christianity, we talk about the, you know, the widow, the foreigner, the homeless and uh, the orphan of the different people that we need to take care of. So, you know, that I think that's beautiful. That's an amazing thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agree with giving to those that are less fortunate. I think that's very important. Yeah. But and I think you know, even carrying that on, it's just one of those things that you know. There's a reason why different religions call it different things. And I, I don't want to make this too religious, but like you have certain religions talking about karma. You have certain religions talking about if you do good, it's going to come back to you. You know, no matter what you believe in, there is almost like this principle in the universe that that it really like to when you are generous and when you care for others, things come back to you. And it might not always be financial, but like at the end of the day, maybe I'll die with a lot of money. Right. But I would rather have a good name and be remembered like, hey, Tim was that guy who whenever someone was in need, he gave. Uh, And so I want I want everyone to realize Bitcoin and crypto is not just the future for your wealth. It is the future to actually make the world a better place. And so, you know, E. Thank you so much for even saying that. Uh, you know, I, I really hope that people start viewing crypto as a, a way for the world to give back and to grow together. Again, if you are if you're just thinking about yourself and you're just thinking about how you can benefit yourself, it, it's a lonely. That's a lonely, kind of degrading, depressing life. It's when you stop focusing on yourself and focus on others that you'll actually find what it means to be peaceful, true yeah. happiness, true. You know it. Yeah. That's Absolutely. Uh, you know, what I wanted to do, because you know, we'll close out here in just a second. Uh, I wanted to ask Zach. Uh, you know, Zach, you were just in Thailand. Uh, and uh, what are your thoughts? What are your personal thoughts about crypto as a whole? And being in Thailand for three weeks, what was the, Was there any talk of crypto over there? Or is it still kind of like uh, not well known in Thailand? Um, I mean, overall, I mean, I love crypto. Everybody here yeah. loves crypto. They wouldn't be... <laughs> you know, in this team, if they didn't love crypto um, over in Thailand, I mean, you know, that it's 30 baht to a dollar. So, you know, like a, if I go get a meal, I can go get a meal at the market for about two, two dollars. You know, yeah. I think the average wage is maybe 10 like uh, a day or something. It's 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 ridiculously like poor uh, in yeah. certain places. And then you have Bangkok, you know, with a thriving city. And it is getting, you know, uh, uh, pretty modern. Um, but I think overall, I think Bitcoin is I am seeing a lot of things about crypto and Bitcoin in general in Thailand. And a lot of these countries are growing in, especially yeah. when you can make so much more money uh, than your actual, you know, what you'd be paid in your currency. I mean, that's that's half the reason half Thai people, they want to either go to the States to make, a, you know, a American wage and come back and live. But now they don't have to because they just they just make crypto. You know, wow. they just trade. Wow. So they're, I mean, they're making more than their parents, they're making more than grandparents. They're, 
they they live like way above their means because they just trade and make crypto, you know? Well, yeah, that's amazing. Cool. It's, it's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that is what, so cool. Did you when you were there? Did a lot of your friends because they know your parents and your friends know that you work for a crypto company? Did you get asked a lot of questions about advice about crypto? No, there's a lot of skeptical people. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. There's still a lot of skeptical made people. It. So that makes sense. Uh, we did. Well, I don't think he left him. Dennis Pizarki, member for six months as a Jedi Young. Pizarka. What did I say? Pizarki. Pizarki. Pizarka. We established this, Tim. Pizarka. You know. Reading is hard, uh, but he didn't say anything. So, uh, Dennis, if you have a message you want to give in the last couple of minutes as Jeb wraps it out, if you can give it to us, we'll try to read it. Absolutely. Well, Tim, while I was gone, yeah. did anybody ask anything about the wedding or the marriage? Like that, yeah, obviously, there's something I'm not going to talk about on stream, but is, is there any question that people kept asking? I haven't talked about it much, like, at you all. You know, <laughs> uh, instead of the classic when moon, people ask, where Jeb? Where Jeb? Yeah. Uh, I was in Tennessee. There's an answer for you. That's yeah. where I was. I didn't tell anyone where I was going before, obviously, but I was in Tennessee. I was up in my... Uh, I was up around where I was born. It was a good time. No, I think it was really cool even last week. And again, everyone obviously misses Jeb. But, you know, I I said on the show over and over again that this channel, this community is bigger than one person. First of all, Jeb had to grind day in and day out for the last four years. It's nice that now we're building a team that he can take vacations. (laughs) And the whole point of that is that, like, you know, I told them, Jeb, we're not as smart as you are. You are not the be all end all of experts in crypto. Lord no. You're learning right alongside the rest of us. I'm yep. learning right alongside the rest of us. Mm-hmm. You know, we, the reason we bring on people like Kelly and TZ is to expand what we're able to do as a community. And that's what we, we this channel is not about Jeb or Tim or Smay or Zach or Kelly. It is about a community of yep. people growing in their education to create financial sovereignty. So I, I just think it's really cool that, you know, and I, I loved how the community interacted. They missed you, obviously, but they were super supportive. Yeah. And like I said, that it's bigger than us. It's it's this is about starting a uh, a new community of people who work together for the betterment of all people, not just themselves. Absolutely. I think it's important that I echo that, guys. Crypto Jeb is the channel with my name on it, but it's not just me. Like, you know, Tim is a part of this channel. You are a part of this channel. Zach is a part of this channel. Smay is a part of this channel. Yeah. Kelly's a part of this channel. This channel is called Crypto Jeb, but it's not just my channel. You know, I own the business, obviously. It is technically my channel, but it's not just about me in the same way that, you know, Linus Tech Tips. You guys know Linus Tech Tips. A lot of you guys do. 10 million subscribers. Linus is not in every single video. I think it's important that you realize that I am one voice, and I'm probably the most prominent voice on the channel, but I'm just one voice on the channel, and we're trying to do something much bigger than just me. We want to do something huge. We want to reach millions of people, and if that's all built on the backs of just me, what happens if I get hit by a bus? Like, what happened? You know, we're trying to build something that is bulletproof. We're trying to build a community that can never be taken down. We're trying to build a community that will stand by your side through thick and thin, through bans and through triumph, through no matter what Elon Musk puts on his Twitter account. That's the kind of community we're trying to build. And if it has a single point of failure named Jeb McAfee, then it has failed. So my vision is much bigger than just promoting my name. This is not about me. It never was. I decided when I had seven subscribers that I would never say I, I instead would say we, I remember when the channel was eight months old, my dad told me, excuse me, I was talking to my dad and I said, we just hit 8,000 subscribers or whatever. He's like, what are you talking about? We, Jeb, you don't have an editor. You're working a lot. He wasn't saying it in an attacking way. He was just saying, I'm just, I'm just confused. What do you mean we? You're like, Is somebody else working on the channel? Do I not know about that? I said, no. 
it's just me making content, but there are 8,000 people watching it. So the answer is we. So I want you guys to know that it's never been an mm-hmm. I thing. From day like four, when we had seven subscribers, there were three videos on the channel. Three. I remember looking at the YouTube page, there were three videos. I was looking at it like, wow, that is sad. I need to make more content. It's like, I will never say we. And I fail at that sometimes. Excuse me, I'll never say I. I fail at that sometimes. I want to say we. This is about we. It's not about me. That's my point. You know what I just noticed, Jeb? We what? not one time during this stream. Ask people to hit the like button. I said it like three times. I did. I said if we can get to 500 likes, then we'll be happy and, you know, hit the like button. I, I completely like. missed that. I completely missed that, But we have, we have yeah. 1,800 people watching with only 700 likes. Oh, come on. We can do better than that. Yeah. Okay, guys, smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media, at CryptoJeb on Instagram and Twitter, and also at CryptoJebOfficial over on TikTok. We got some great things coming in the pipeline. Like, I'm talking about a great thing before the month's even out. We got some... Drum roll, please. Excitement coming, and you're going to love it. Can't talk about it yet. Mm. Mm. Lips closed, but you're going to find out soon, and I'm really looking forward to it. Smash that like button if you haven't already. March 5th was the day of the wedding, by the way, so thank you guys very much for all of those uh, all of those uh, warm wishes and all of the, you know, you guys have just been very supportive. Thank you guys so much. If you want to see it again, there's the ring right there. It has a little uh, arrow on. I'm not going to take it off, obviously, but it says love like Jesus on the inside. That's our family mission statements on the inside of her ring as well. And no, it was not an early April Fool's joke. I am actually married and I am the happiest man on the planet. And I'm very excited to be joining the ranks of married men. Any advice, any scriptures you guys have, please tell me. One of you guys mentioned Ephesians 5, 25 through 26 yesterday or earlier in the stream talking about uh, husbands and loving their wives like Jesus loved the church, etc. Love it. I'm all open to advice. Believe me, I need it. All the prayers that you can send out, please. Thank you very much. I do believe very strongly in the power of prayer. So thank you guys so very much. Make sure to check out Bitcoin 2022. You can get a 10% off discount with coupon code MOON22. That's all we got for you today. Before we go, though, guys, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacV Media.